Well, welcome back to our podcast. We're really excited about sharing more this afternoon or this evening, morning, whatever it is for you, wherever you are, um, about top 10 misunderstandings about grace. Now, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, and before that, we talked about uh, just grace. What is it? And so go back. If you haven't watched up until now, go back at some point and and get those because they're foundational to where we are and, and where we're headed today. And so uh, again, Bill, thank you so much for being here, for coming over for this. It's uh, it's been happy it's been be fun. Here. Yeah, that's yeah. happy to be how, here. How can you not talk about the goodness of God and not excite you? And and it's like one guy said, if, if it don't fire you up, your wood's wet. You know. And so, uh, <laughs> and we were just talking about the fact that you know it just seems to energize you. Yeah. Um, and thinking of that scripture verse that Jesus said when they came to him said. You know, he was talking with the woman at the well or whatever, and they came up to him and yeah. they said, you know, can we get you some food or yeah. whatever? And he says, I have food to eat that you know not of. My food or my nourishment or meat is to do the will of the one who sent me yeah. and finish his work. So it just, it was like, it was, I guess it was just Holy Spirit stuff. You know, and uh, you've probably talked about out. this before. On Thursday nights when we do our Journey School of Ministry, um, it's often... You know, one, two o'clock in the morning before I can go to sleep after class. Because you're still so excited. I'm so pumped up and, you know, and it energizes you, you know. It's like one guy in our church said in Florida one time, you know, he was very much a servant guy and he had gotten saved by uh, roundabout way, but he had he had a car detailing business and he was down in Orlando detailing the car and he pulled the car over and, and back then it was cassettes and he said there was cassette playing and this guy, you know, real Southern, you know, and and uh, talking about God in a way I'd never heard. And he said he went back to the owner when he finished the car and said, hey, uh, I, um, no, yeah, the owner said, I, I finished with your car. I said, I hope you don't mind. I listened to that tape that was in there. Uh, and, and, man, I've never heard anybody talk about God the way this guy does. And so she said, he said, who is this guy? She, he said, well, he pastors the church my dad goes to. And he says, where's this church at? And he said, in Eustace, Florida. He said, I live in Eustace. That's where I live. So he started coming to church. And he and his... It was a tape that you, yeah, you yeah. recorded. So he, he, he and his lady friends started coming to church. They ended up getting married, and they got saved. And so he became a part of our creative team where he'd come in. He was a contractor also, and he'd help build props and things for service... Or, a series we were doing, and he said, you know, how can you not want to serve and help other people when this gospel has changed your life like it has mine? And 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 it's so true. And, and like sharing this, we know the benefit it's going to be for people. And it's not that we've got it all figured out, right? but, you know, we've been down the road a little while, and, and we're experiencing change with it, and we know that it'll change other people. Well, so go I'm going to interrupt you know, so this gospel, and it, and I think of all those years that I spent in churches where, you know, you are not looking forward to Sunday, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you get a, you could sense the presence of God in worship, uh-huh. but then a message, the doctrinal stuff of mixing mm-hmm. law of, under the old covenant and not seeing it through the lens of the new covenant, it mm-hmm. just... Uh, It'd give you a nervous break now. It would. As a pastor, especially, you know. You know, and I remember somebody said to me not too long ago, they they said, um, well, they started understanding this mixture type deal and that you need to see the old covenant mm-hmm. 
strictly through the new covenant. And the wife said, what if, what, Bill, what if you're wrong? What if, you know, the way I said, well, if I'm wrong, I've had more joy, mm. more peace, more of a sense of feeling loved. I've walked a cleaner life, mm -hmm. even though I don't, I'm not keeping score right. and all of that. I said, so. Better than drugs. Yeah, so what are the odds of me coming up with a message, uh -huh. a gospel message that's better than the one that God came up with? Yeah, that's right. Come on. You know, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot through the years as friends, you know, and sitting around at the dinner table or in our living room or whatever, your place. And um, it's so amazing the longer we walk in this, how much easier it gets, you know, how much more understanding. And, and we're finally getting to the place that we're reading the Bible for the right reason. You know, uh -huh. most people read their Bible for the wrong reason. They read it to find out what's wrong. And or out of obligation. Yeah. I had, I had yeah. a guy one time, and I'll, I'll jump right in, oh. but but we got to wrap it up. We'll chase it for a second. But but um, had a guy that was part of our church one time, and he came to me, and he said, you know, Pastor, I hear what you're saying about people read the Bible for the wrong reason to find out what's wrong rather than what's right. And every time I open my Bible, though, I feel condemned. I knew that. You know, and, and you know, he said, so I'm not reading it for the right reason because, you know, if you read it for the wrong reason, you don't read it, you know. If it becomes a book, it beats you up. So he said, you know, uh, I was unfaithful to my wife, and we ended up in a divorce. And before I left, she went through my entire Bible and highlighted every verse in the Bible that dealt with fornication and adultery. And so every time I opened my Bible, those highlighted verses jump off the page. And I don't know what to do. I said, I do. I said, throw it away. <laughs> I'm telling you. He, he had nervous jerks there for a second. You know, he went twitching a little bit, you, you know. You can't I, 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 can't, I can't throw my Bible away. I said, give it to me, I will. And, and I said, because God never intended, listen, God never intended for the Bible to be something that beats you up. And if it is something like that to you, that's the reason you don't want to read it. Because you're reading it to find out what's wrong. I already knew what was wrong. I need to find out what's right, you know. We never change the negatives by pointing out the negatives. we got to find solutions. Gosh, but you know, when you're in that situation, you're in that setting, and it seems that, you know, the pastor, he's pretending, you know, I mean, this, this gospel, this of his, this belief system is yeah. working for mm -hmm. him. He's got joy, peace, and a sense of victory in life. Mm -hmm. And so do the other people. And then we got to stand, we got to point out bad behavior. Mm -hmm. We got to judge all of this stuff instead of just observing it and saying, you know, that's, you know, and then they start judging, then they, you the judge, you mm -hmm. wind up doing the same things. Yeah. Whole thing's just a spiral. It gets, and it gets totally out of control, you know? Yeah. And, and then, as ministers, we become self-righteous because we, we have to present that we've got it together. You know, I had a lady one time, you know, that this out more than once, but this particular thing, situation, she's leaving our church, you know, and and uh, she, she had left nine times, last count I had before we moved away. And the last time, now, now I love this woman. She loves me and Janice. And, and uh, as far as I know, I'm still the executor on her wheel, you know. So it's not that she... Does she announce that she's leaving? Yeah, yeah. She came to me and said she's leaving and said, I got to tell you why. And most of the time I don't ask her. I didn't ask back in those days when I was pastoring, but she felt a need to tell me. And we had a close relationship with her and loved the woman a lot. 
And she said, I'm leaving. And um, I want to tell you why. I said, well, okay, you feel a need. And um, she said, I, I can't take the fact that you talk about your weaknesses. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, a few weeks ago, you, you told a story about how you got up one day in a bad mood and you felt like slapping someone for no reason. I said, don't everybody feel that way from time to time? Yeah. I just can't take that. You talk about your weaknesses too much. You know, and, and I, I mean, I, I, I did talk about my weaknesses. I'm not all of them, but uh, <laughs> some of them. You know, in, in a very same time frame, the guy that did our, our uh, lighting came to me and said, Pastor, I'll tell you something. You, ch- you said something a couple weeks ago that changed my life. I said, okay, well, why? Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me get me a pen and a yeah. pencil. I'm going to say that again, whatever it was. He said, no, I'm going to change my life. I said, what was it? He said, you told that story about how you got up one day and, and you was in a bad mood and you felt like slapping someone for no reason. He said, that changed my life. I said, how did it change your life? He said, because I realized there's not something wrong with me because I get up feeling like doing that. And also I realized I don't have to slap them. <laughs> and he said, and God's not mad at and me. And he said, my pastor has that feeling, so I must not be some weird oddball. That, and he said, it changed my life. And then, Bill, this woman says, that's wild. You know, it's crazy. This woman says, this is, this is what's crazy. I don't think that guy says crazy, but what this woman said, she said, uh, I, I can't go to a church where my pastor's not perfect. Perfect? I said, that's what I said. I said, perfect? She said, no, I can't. I can't, I can't go here anymore. Because you're not perfect. I can't, I can't stand to think that you have those kind of emotions. And I said, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I do. And, and, uh, and then she made this statement. I said, there is no place that way. There is no place where the pastor's perfect. And she said this, Bill, I'm telling you, I like to fail over when she said this. That's just has been 15 years ago, and I've still... Still hear it. She said, I at least have to go to a church where I have the illusion that my pastor's perfect. That's wow. the word she used. And I said, that's all it is. And I said, but by the grace of God, his ability, that's what grace means. You know, I'm working on my stuff, you know. I, I'm taking ownership of my emotions, you know, and I'm not blaming everybody for my bad moods anymore. You know, it's me. It's not, you know, I found my problem. Look in the mirror. There he is, you know. And, you know, and, and the grace of God helped me to do that, you know, helped me to begin to take ownership of my, of my stuff. Okay, so the one we got to is number four. Anything else you want to say before we get nope. in uh, The one we got to is number four uh, out, of, out of the ten misunderstandings, top misunderstandings, is number four misunderstanding is grace means, and this is a misunderstanding. It's not true. It's, just, it's a misunderstanding. Some people believe this, that grace means living responsible and godly lives is no longer important. Now, for righteous requirements, acceptance, yes, that's true. It's not important. That does not make us accepted. It does not change how no. God feels about no. you. We are accepted in the beloved. Fully. Yeah, and as we said on one of the other podcasts, you know, you went to college, right? And you got an acceptance letter, I'm assuming, when you applied to go to college. Did you keep calling them back and saying, send me another acceptance letter? No, we didn't do that. One was enough. And the Bible says, I didn't say it, Bill didn't say it, 
You know, if, if you go to whatever church, your pastor didn't say it. The Bible says you are accepted in the blood, and you can't get any more accepted than accepted. You know, if you if you wrote to college back and said, you know what, I know you sent me this letter, but um, I've done some more studying since then. I went ahead and, and read ahead in one of the textbooks we're going to have. Will you send me a letter that makes me more accepted? Wow. No. I mean, not just accepted, but accepted in the beloved. Uh -huh. It's he like made there system. is no room for our performance to change things. That's right. It can cause us some problems. Mm -hmm. And it's like this, you know. And, and Which again, is why Paul said, all things are permissible mm -hmm. unto me, but not all things are mm -hmm. profitable. Yeah. yeah. In one place he, he says, you know, that early. Um, yeah. you know, if my brother's offended because I eat meat that's been offered to idols, I just won't eat it while I'm with him. You know, I'm, I'm not going to use my liberty to cause someone to stumble, is what he was saying. And he makes that clear. Okay, so, um, so, so in 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 context of, of all of this, um, as we said in the other podcast, God can't say no to what He's already said yes to. So, so we do not qualify ourselves. We do not make ourselves accepted. He did that for us in Jesus. So now, listen to this. Now, people struggle with this. You and I, anybody watching this. We do not have a covenant with God. God made a covenant with Jesus. God made a covenant with Noah. You know, and the covenant that God made with Noah, he said, Noah, after this, I'm never flooding the earth again. So when we see the rainbow in the sky, you know, that's an indication of the promise that God made. Is there anything we can do today to cause God to flood the earth again? And people say, no, no. Now, if I get on here next week, you know, I mean, you got on here and we... We said, okay, God's given us a revelation since last time. He's going to flood the earth again. He's going to destroy mankind just like he did in the days of Noah. You know, people would look at us. They'd turn they us laugh. off. Yeah, they'd say right. something. Right. They're drinking something, smoking something, eating something. Something's wrong with those guys. But at the same time, Bill, people say, God's going to judge America. When Isaiah said, prophesied and said, this is as the water of Noah unto me. Just like I said in the days of Noah, I would no more flood the earth. So I'm saying after this day, talking about the coming Messiah, who we know is Jesus, I'm not going to be angry at you. I'm not going to be wroth with you. I'm not going to rebuke you. I'm going to establish an everlasting covenant of peace with you. Now, you can it, just stop right there and chew on that. I don't know. And, and then he says this, Bill. He says, the mountains shall depart. The hills be removed. But my covenant of peace is not changing. Now, think about this. We you think you had the rainbow before? Mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, everything could be wiped out before yeah. I'm, this could change. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to happen. Okay, so we're here in, in uh, you know, North Alabama area, and not far from here is Montesano Mountain. You know, there's a large mountain, foothills of the Smokies, okay? Now, you know, I think about this. Every time I see a great mountain plain, like when I fly out to Colorado and, and I see the great Rockies, there's a greater possibility that we get up tomorrow and the Rocky Mountains are gone, Monsanto Mountains gone, the Great Smoky Mountains are gone, then there is for God to become angry with us again because he made a contract with Jesus. And though, therefore, the contract, the covenant he made with Jesus, we, he didn't make it with us. Therefore, we can't break it. It's like when we when I Which first removes your performance yeah. from it. When when we first started traveling a lot, you know, back years ago, 
And uh, Rod and Jill got married, and Lori was still a kid, and she'd they'd stay at the house with her, and, and you know eat our food and burn our electricity and all that stuff. And so, what if while they were there, Rod said, "You know what? I'm going to go down to the mortgage company, and I'm going to I'm going to break this contract that Alan Janice has with the mortgage company." So he goes in and says, "I'm going to break the contract." Well, it's not between you and us. It's between them and us. And no matter how bad Roderick's credit would be, and it wasn't, but let's say his, while we were gone, you know, say we were gone a month and, and his credit tanked while we were gone. I mean, he's getting stuff, you know, repossessed left and right. That doesn't change my standing. Why? Because the deal's not with you. The deal is not between the mortgage company and Rod and Jill between me and Janice in the mortgage company. And the contract that we enjoy is the one that God made with Jesus, saying, I'll, I will judge you, Jesus, and I won't be angry with mankind. Now, there's a day of judgment in the end of all things. When a person leaves this life, we understand that. You know, you better, better you know, make sure you've trusted Jesus, okay? Because then it's all party. That's right. It's all a party. And it's, and it's, it's, it's done. So, Going back to, to this, this point we're, we're talking about now is grace, it's a misunderstanding. Grace means responsible, God of living is no longer important. Now, there is a big misunderstanding about what godly actually even means. And when people think about living godly, they think about solely moral behavior. Part of it, but that's not what he's talking about. You know, godly means... You know, when it just simply means the attitude and character of God. That's all it means. You know? All right. So grace, people say grace means living responsible, God in their lives are no longer important. So we're, we're, what Bible did you read that in? You know, if you can find that in your Bible, I'll eat mine. Because it's not in there. Hmm. It's amazing the things the church believes today, Bill, that's not in the Bible. You know, many people are, are teaching or implying that because of what we're saying here, and that God loves you unconditionally, that sin's not important anymore. And it doesn't matter. No, sin don't matter. What Bible would you read that in? You know? I mean, Paul, who gave us the whole concept of grace, never said that. He said the wages of sin is death. Now, not God's judgment. Don't, don't confuse the two. Well, Alan said, no, Alan didn't say that. It's not judgment, but there's consequences. Romans 6, when it says that, it's primarily talking about your to your emotions. You know, there's death in your emotions, you know, when, when you sin. Listen to the scripture. And in 2 Timothy 3, 5, it says that in the last days, people would have a form of godliness, but deny the power, there, power thereof from such turn away. And here's how I, used to, how I used to read that verse. And almost always I've heard it preached this way. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard it preached any other way than what I'm about to say. This way it's normally preached. In the last days, you know, people's going to get so goofed up, messed up, they're going to begin to not deny the power of God. Which is, there yeah. may be truth in that, but that's not what that says. It says there would come a time that people would have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. What? Not the power of God. Well, people are denying the power of God. Well, that's happening, but that's not what he's, Paul's writing to Timothy about. He said, Timothy, be careful, because there's coming a time that people's going to deny the power of godliness. In other words, the benefit of it, mm-hmm. living a godly life, not for acceptance, but having an attitude, character, and heart of God. 
And, make, and, that's a different meaning. Yeah. And I'd never, I'd never heard that until I listened to this, studied the Bible for myself. Yeah. And not that I've got it all figured out because I don't. Uh, so this one in Titus uh, 2, 11, and uh, I think it's verse 12 here. Paul writes to Titus, another young minister. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. It's talking about Jesus, okay? Teaching us. Grace teaches us denying ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Now, I know you want to say something. Let me say this and you can say it. Um, when, when I read that verse of Scripture, you know, you know what it screams at me? Is that... Um, We've lost the, the, the whole concept and mindset of, of how beneficial living godly is, you know, that living with the attitude and character of God, you know. And it, teach, it says grace teaches us that we should deny ungodliness. Stay away from it. It'll destroy your life. But to walk godly, instead of being motivated by fear mm -hmm. that good-meaning, well-meaning ministers have often preached from the pulpit to motivate the people to, mm -hmm. quote, live right, that they feel responsible for their flock. Instead of using it for fear, we have a changed heart, and then we, we get to live godly. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege, and it, should, and it can become effortless yeah, as you labor. And it should be because it's our new identity. But you know what? I know we're getting close to the end here, but... Um, Someone, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, a minister pointed out to me, uh, I was reading something he had written or whatever, and how many times it says in the New Testament, in Christ. Oh, yeah. And then in him or in mm -hmm. whom. Yeah, it's full of and it. I, and I don't know. I forget how many times it was, but, but ever since I read it that time, I've always read it that way. And I'm now so aware of you talking about us not having a covenant with God, we have a covenant. Jesus has a covenant mm -hmm. with God that we can't drop the ball. That's right. Be and it, why was it keep saying everywhere? If you think about that from now on reading it, you just keep seeing, why does it keep reminding us that we're in him, mm -hmm. that we're in Christ? Why does God keep reminding us, we're, you know, in whom we are? Why is he doing that? Because that's who it's with. That, that, that's and, and that's it. And, and that's, that has to become and be our identity. You know, it can't be what I've done. But I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good. You know, and by myself, left alone by ourselves, we're not good, Bill. You know, the nature of man by itself is a mess. And and I know but, what a mess I was before. But Jesus. God's nature, Jesus' yeah. nature, starts showing itself mm -hmm. more on the outside. And they say, Alan sure is, you know, he's different. He's, that wasn't all of a sudden he just became a nice guy and mm -hmm. easy and all that. It, yeah, it's, and it's a, it's a process. Yeah. Transformation's yeah. a process, you know. And we talked about this in one of the other uh, lessons that, that um, podcast that, that uh, information and emotion produces transformation. And so if I want to uh, experience the life-changing power of the gospel by the grace of God, you know, I've got to constantly be reminded. I, you know, as long as I preach this stuff, Bill, I still, on a daily basis, you know what daily means? Daily. Remind myself of what God's done for me, that he loves me, you know, yeah. and nothing can change how he feels about me. There's nothing I can do to cause him to love me more or love me less. 
He loves me, you know, out of who he is, not what I've done. Christianity was not set up to be about doing, but about believing. And then once you believe the proper things, no doubt you will do the right things. But that's not to get acceptance. Yeah, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah, that takes some effort, though, to well, you know, decipher. Like that's this. what you're there, endeavoring a, to do here. There, there's a place, the Bible says, that, uh, that we can enter into rest. He says, so mm. labor that you might enter in. You change your belief system. Change your belief system takes a lot of effort. Amen? Yeah. All right, Amen. so we'll go further next time. Stay tuned for it. Be looking for it. Excited about it. Blessings to you today. We're out of time again.